0: hello friendlings welcome to another episode of genuine chit chat this week i'm joined with my buddy alex who's been a couple of episodes of the podcast previously now this weekend I just went to Wales essentially with my girlfriend and we went to Wales which is where Alex lives. Um, he used to live down in Southampton and he moved over to Wales. Um, and I go up there and visit him every now and then. Sometimes we go hiking, sometimes we do this, that, and the other. Um, the weather wasn't that great, so we did an escape room for one of our mates' birthdays, and um, we also went to a Denny's and I had chicken and waffles with spiced maple syrup and it was so goddamn good. I can't even believe. Uh, for people who are in america obviously you get denny's quite a lot here um whereas in england or in the uk there's only one denny's and it's in swansea in wales so you know that's like a four-hour drive for me so i do love denny's not quite that much but going over to wales was fantastic and chatting to alex and stuff i thought well i've got this episode saved why not release it to the world so yeah, in this one, um, you know, Alex is a friend of mine who's very much quite a nature man in a sense, if that's even a term, which I'm not sure it is, but whatever. Um, he's quite a nature man and he loves going outdoors and he knows a lot about wildlife and stuff. And the first bit of the podcast, we talk about uh, bat netting uh, and sort of invasive species and those sorts of things. And we talk about you know, general cycle of life as well as our p- opinions on hunting and conservation, including trophy hunting and that sort of things. We talk about sort of pandas and other just things living. We talk about deities and consciousness, like a little bit in the middle, as well as the value of life and the respect we need to have for nature. Um, and then towards the end, we kind of talk about sort of the balance of tech and nature, as well as feel the wild, which is essentially something that Alex has started up um, in Wales. Um, he just, goes on walks essentially to really cool spots and he chats with people. A lot of people think it's really good for their mental health. Other people like it for other reasons. it's he goes into more detail, but I think it's just uh, there's so many more things happening at the moment which is gravitating more towards reconnecting with nature. I've mentioned in passing my sister-in-law Catherine. She does something called rewilding, which I'm going to have on the podcast at some point in the future and we'll discuss that as well. So it's that reconnecting with nature, getting back to our sort of roots. You know, we are animals at the end of the day. Um, so that's what this podcast is basically about. It's only one part. So so it's 50 minutes long of the actual audio. So it's it's just a one-off instead of the two-parters. Um, yeah, that, that's about it really. Um, I'll be back at the end to talk about the usual things, including my potentially maybe starting up a, a Patreon soon. So listen towards the end if you're interested in that. Um, as well as, you know, find us in the usual social media outlets, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I generally said to use Instagram a bit more as photos, including on this one, there's actually photos of Alex's tattoos and his flip-flop tan lines, which are a sight to be seen. So be sure to pop over to at genuine underscore chat on Instagram. You don't have to follow, you don't even have to like, but if you, you know, see it and it makes you laugh, then that'll be, that'll be all that we need, really. So just before the show gets started, I've got a promo for Bro Honey's. Dude Files, um, Bro Honey, they've basically got another show called You're Weak and Stupid, which I think I've done a shout out be- about before and also I've done a promo for, but it's absolutely hilarious. Very not safe for work humor, you know, <laughs> if you get offended by things easily, I wouldn't recommend checking these guys out. But, you know, if you're unoffended by basically everything, then um, it's not specifically you know, offensive necessarily. It's just quite vulgar, I'd say, in a lot of ways, a lot of swearing, which I'm obviously completely fine with and I think it's hilarious, but it's not everyone's cup of tea, but still Go check them out if you fancy it. And that's basically it for me. So, um, yeah, I'll be back at the end.
1: What happens when an Australian and a Belgian man each receive a mythical filing cabinet containing top-secret files about the strange, mysterious, and spooky world around us? What do they do? They make the Dude Files. Each week, Alex and Andy bring you topics about the unknown, bizarre, and creepy, like this. You wake up right. at night time and you hear just mm-hmm. ominous chanting. It's like, oh, that's sort of fucking creepy. You go up to your window Whoa. with your wine and cheese. Oh, <laughs> midnight snack. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you look down and there is carts and carts and carts of fucking decomposing bodies limbs strewn everywhere bones oh yeah and some of this i would watch a mothman prophecy show where his neighbor just peeks his head over he's like oh you murdering teens over there drinking their blood that's good to know but i give you some iron iron is good for the blood like this henry did you push the v-shape formation button again for fuck's sake! We were flying silently, and nobody was gonna spot us. We've been flying silently in a V shape formation for the last fucking. I'm Chris Angel, you know. In my spare time, I come down to Earth, and I'm Chris Angel. I mind freak people. That's what I do, baby. So I try to. I'll I'll make this a Chris Angel stunt. Damn it! How do we? We always do this. Where was Chris Angel when this happened? Was he mind freaking people? What was this? 78. How old was he? Uh, 97 uh, he was... If you're gonna start this then <laughs> I'm to need a beer. Find The Dude Files On all major podcast apps By searching The Dude Files Or at www.brohoney.com.
0: Welcome to Genuine Chit Chat, where we have honest conversations with interesting people. And I'm your host, Mike Burton. That's um, me being quite quiet. Yeah, I know, but you need to talk like a normal volume.
2: <clears throat> Good evening. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the only thing you could think of saying. Yeah.
2: Okay. Have you seen um, the new Darren Brown? Uh, the Miracles
0: no I haven't I've seen him live uh, a few times um, yeah. but I f- I think the last one I saw of his was Svengali
2: yeah oh, he did miracles and he asked someone so part of his thing was to say a random quote and he was going to guess what they said and she was just like good morning she started she was like trying to figure something to say she was like Good morning, campers. <laughs> Good wow. morning, campers. That's
0: from is, is that from one of Vietnam
2: films? Well, no, they said it was like um no. Good morning, Vietnam's from um what's it called Robin Williams' film. Good morning, Vietnam. Okay, but um it was like Heidi, High was like that, or um the other one, the naughty films from the seventies. I don't know. Is it is it recorded? Then? Yeah, Oh, was there. Yeah,
0: oh wow, it. Hey, subtle, it right subtle. in there. Oh wow, that's our old dog. Hey, I'll do it, do it like bare subtle.
2: Like mm. a bear, even the bear's it's aren't soul. This is good.
0: Yeah, bear's answer. No, with your foraging thing, I'm, I'm more. Conv- mm. Have you do you do foraging in Wales as well?
2: Yeah. So the reason I started doing it so often recently in the last four months is because I do forest school on Tuesdays with my student and work with a guy called Ben. he's, yeah. he's amazing. Can we swear? Yeah. He's fucking amazing. He's been on the podcast yeah. twice before yeah. man. Yeah. I, I, I know. PG rated version of this. No, fuck that. Um, <laughs> he's fucking amazing and he's become like a real close friend to mine and ooh, it, where, I, where I work in Wales is like a really rural area, mm. not much around, but mm. we have some amazing, amazing woodland areas and we get to spend quite, well, a majority of my week we get to spend out in the countryside of wales which that's is your a dream same. isn't it Cause you're yeah I, I think you are like the <clears throat> Dev west Prada song danger wild man i danger think that's wild just man. danger wild man that's you yeah Whenever I, I think I I you. Would,
0: yeah i'm not too dangerous um no i could it's more it's danger what like danger not the wild it's like a okay. danger wild man like the wild man is oh, not see. in danger i think it's the wild man is the danger so i'm saying that you are a dangerous individual not that you do dangerous
2: things that makes me sound like a bad person well I don't know, you are going out foraging and making gin so it's, it's, yeah. it's only
0: one step away from moonshine Yeah,
2: yeah, basically it's moonshine <laughs> so, um, But yeah, so we just all the time we were going out um, and we were identifying plants all the whole time I've always done it like, with my forest school I've always known the basic plants yeah. so and stuff, but then I've just tried to Step it up now to try and learn five plants a week mm-hmm. and their uses. And most plants is have some amazing history behind them. Some plants are just boring as fuck. <laughs> so I, mainly plants that are like daisy shaped or yellow. I'm like, there's so many subspecies of you. I'll just give you a miss. <laughs> it's more of the plants that stand out and the ones that are more of an eye-opener that I can be like, oh, this is a really good plant, this is used what, for that.
0: Like rare ones or like ones that yeah, are foreign rare ones. ones that have not are native to England or what? Yeah,
2: especially when I used to run my courses, it was quite clear that I needed to pinpoint some species that we shouldn't have in the UK because we had a fucking habit of introducing species that looked good back in, especially in the Victorian times, to... to cordon off areas and show people where the, the, the lines were between farms and stuff and they put these ridiculous stupid plants that look lovely and pretty but then in retrospect, they just absolutely destroy our, our our wildlife at the moment. So stuff like <laughs> rhododendrons um, they're, they're just shit they're everywhere as well. Um, <laughs> Japanese knotweed that shit it's crap there's loads of that in Wales. Uh, Himalayan Bolton as much as it looks really pretty and I love when I find Himalayan Bolton and I show people... Because when you go... You literally can just tap a pod... Especially this time of year... Or earlier this time of year... When just, they're, they're letting off their seeds you just touch a pod you don't have to just brush them past it and they explode <laughs> I see and it generally explode and that's how the seeds disperse It catch, catch all animals and sheep and stuff and they spread and it's just crap shit to have um they look fantastic it's great to demonstrate that but at the end of the day they're, they're crap species to have
0: what, what do you define as a good species is it like uh if is it basically they have to have nutritional value for local animals as well as not being so invasive they stop other plants from growing. that's around? it
2: and especially like um Dendrons, what they do is because they grow so fast. Like, they, they grow as fast as bamboo. I know is the fastest growing plant, but yeah. they grow really fast. And then, because they're like a, a mid-level plant, shrub not shrub level, but... Um, I can't think of the word of it. Is, but they just basically... And they're, they're basically an evergreen, so they're always green, no matter what time of year. And they just stop sunlight reaching anything lower than that. And this is what's causing the effects for the smaller plants that we have, especially the smaller ones that are really useful. Yeah. Herb Robert and stuff like that they just they can't get they can't get it they can't get the sunlight so then they're just dying off so you can work out if we get rid of the rhododendrons, then the more sun will come through and then that will allow our our understory plants and stuff to grow better than they are at the moment and I've just been I went up to on um, Thursday I, yeah. I used to work at Hitchin Valley Country Park um, and I spent a lot of time up there and I went back to meet with the guy I used to work with Tom um, and I saw Ben, who's the forest ranger for Chibata Country Park. It was a nice catching up with him. But what they've just started doing, especially they done it in the new forest as well, they've started taking down all the pines. Um, so when you go to Chibata Country Park, it looks totally different because they've failed huge areas. So it looks really thinned out, and it looks quite crappy to begin with. But at the end of the day, what they're doing is getting rid of the pines, which are these evergreens, which are basically suffocating the ground of sunlight, so stopping these understory plants from growing. But then in the next twenty years they'll they're reintroducing broadleaf plants. Uh broadleaf trees, so your silver birches and stuff like that, which are our native trees. Mm. And then these are the guys that will shred their leaves and then allow understory plants to grow and then we'll have amazing much more. And like I said, we we plant especially the new forest, it's called New Forest for a reason. It was planted and most of it is pine and sycamore and stuff like that. And it's, it's not good. So we go to the New Forest, there's huge areas of felling. Um just for regrowth of broadleaf woodland so i think in the next 20 years the aim is to basically have a remapped area of where broadleaf woodland should and will be in the next 100 years so fingers crossed in the next 100 years we should have it down to a t and we should have lots with broadleaf woodland because the ground's not acidic from the pines we'll have so many more plants we'll have Plants that are rare now won't be rare, which will be amazing. We'll have more uses, we'll have more wildlife, and it's just a win-win, really. Uh, yeah, I didn't really...
0: It's one of those things, where obviously, I'm not necessarily uh, in that world, so I don't really think about that sort of thing uh, that often, of obviously it, it makes complete logical sense you know you have evergreens they never uh, shed their leaves and the leaves can't be used as the sort of the grounds because it's the it's a big cycle of life of trees in it they grow loads of animals live in the trees and the mm-hmm. leaves provide them protection and food that sort of thing the trees fall off provide protection and food for the animals at the bottom like beetles and a lot of other yeah. ground dwelling things and even a lot of mammals and stuff and then obviously because of the winter months a lot of the creatures hibernate and then obviously the bugs need some sort of mm. do bugs hibernate? Or they just all die off and then come back. Yeah,
2: most bugs I've have a limited, like limited lifespan. It's like um dragonflies and butterflies and stuff like that. They'll with well, dragonflies, they'll stay as a dragonfly nymph in the water in your ponds for like two years. Really, and then they'll come up and they'll turn into a dragonfly or a damselfly. and they're only there for what two, three weeks, and then they're dead. And now at that time, it's just purely to breed, and then the cycle starts again. Like I think the longest lifespan of a butterfly six months like for some species probably broad or something the size of a fucking bat but <laughs> the ones over here um yeah I mean, there's a like moth though isn't there's moths that we've got in England now which oh, moths are um, amazing
0: I, I've just seen the moths I've seen them in the uh, some of the butterfly houses and things the, ones that, the wings are like that big yeah and they're they're orangey and like, dark orange, yellow, beige, sort mm. of brownie colour. Yeah. I don't know what ones they so are. So the
2: biggest moth we have in the UK is called a privet moth, and they're the size of a sparrow. Um, and luckily, mm. about a month ago, I do a lot of work up at the St. Maddox Centre, which is uh, North Gower, right on the tip of Gower. And it's a lovely community-run uh, place. They have like camping and stuff for schools and stuff, but they also do a lot of conservation work. And there's a lady called Gemma, She's just moved over from Ireland and she's doing a lot of the conservation work around the Gower. So she, we've been doing lots of work with her and one of the things we've been doing is moths. And we, She set up a moth light the night before and then we got there in the morning and we had the chance to identify over 100 species with her of moths that were in it. and we, There was one privet moth and yeah it's about the size of a sparrow you can imagine the size of a sparrow i've got a picture of it all the little pots were tiny little pots with the rest of the moths but then she had it in a jar oh <laughs> so wow you can imagine how big it was like a big like a pickle jar that's like they couldn't fit in anything else it had to go in this jar because it was that big i got a photo on my phone and oh it, man can you send that to me yeah it's humongous a private moth i think i'm saying it right but don't quote me wrong there's loads <laughs> of our elephant hawk moths we get loads of those yeah. um anything like that really um they're the really big moths and you'll know when they're around you because they do sound like a bat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had... To, I've had to, it was like stag beetles are so loud. They're one of the loudest things.
0: I mean, they're... Mm-hmm. Uh, with the noise of it, is it because of the the speed it has to go? Because it's
2: like bees and wasps and things are quite loud, even though they're quite small and obviously yeah, they yes. just have to flap
0: their wings so quickly.
2: Yeah, and the stag beetles, cockchafers or may beetles um, and hornets. Like, you, you, oh, you God. You hear them coming. You can hear a hornet from a mile away. They're yeah, terrifying. Yeah, well, exactly. Creatures. You hear them fucking coming.
0: Yeah, I mean, with... Because um, I remember... I think it was in the garden the other day, and there was just a stag beetle, and it you just hear... Yeah, I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, it's just, it is. It's just black blob goes past you. like, what the fuck? And it's obviously... It sounds like a dickhead on a moped. <laughs> it does. It legit does, yeah. That's what it sounds like. 100%. Um, I mean, with moths, what... Moths and butterflies. What was actually the difference between them, if if any? Are they just essentially same general species? They just look.
2: Oh, I've never looked into it. Like their the categories for it. Like I've been. I know. I'm better with my moth identification than my butterflies. I'm, I know cabbage white and specklewood and stuff like that. But I'm not. It's not one of those things. Like I know a lot about bats and stuff like that. But primarily, mm. I don't really know. Like, cause, yeah, because you've got tattoos. if you got the you got the moth, the bat.
0: Um, I see there's a bird of prey. Is that a kestrel yeah. or falcon? A uh,
2: peregrine falcon. Okay, cool. Um, which is cool. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, two bats. I've got a long-eared, long-eared brown bat, and then it's got a common pipistrelle, which are probably my two favourite bats in the UK. Yeah. Um, and I've been lucky enough to work with bats and stuff in my industry, which is cool. So, And I've just joined the local bat group in Wales, uh, which is picking up quite a lot, so hopefully autumn and stuff i'll start doing bat netting again and
0: what's 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 bat netting is that basically capturing them checking they're okay yeah bringing
2: them making sure like they're working out of the the amounts seeing how far these guys fly for food and stuff like that and so you just basically put up a huge huge net it's like an oversized badminton net Mm. and the bats fly into it they don't get harmed or anything they just Mm. get caught in it it doesn't hurt them they take them out ring them check the size what species it is if they're okay and then they let them go. It's obviously just to help these guys be protected in lots of their places, um, and that's what I love so much about Wales. They're so hot on recycling. They're so hot on conservation, and there's lots of places that you generally just can't get building regulation on, which is perfect because a lot, of, lot of places, like I live in West End, yeah. and where we used to play when I was younger is all now becoming. Uh, buildings and places that they're just building 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 all the time and it's just a shame and like i see it post all the time where there used to be like a green spot where we should be like a field or tiny something like that and then now it's just now going to be housing estate and it's a shame because i remember the big one was when they built um just behind my houses they put a whole new row of of uh, townhouses in yeah and basically when they were building it it pushed all of this wildlife up towards our house because these obviously these animals have always lived there and now they're retreating so we had rats we had everything we used to have so many hedgehogs and foxes and stuff all around our area gone i haven't seen a hedgehog at my in my where i live for probably about 12 years now which is so like, a real shame are you, are you saying where you live now in wales where you used to live in west end oh okay so yeah. they all got pushed up and they just carried on like they didn't stop because they needed to find somewhere else to live and it was a real shame like we had a big issue with rats, because obviously rats are not great animals, but they were pushed up from there, and they were all in our gardens for a while. And yeah, it's a shame. Deer as well. I love deer. Obviously, I know they're a nuisance, but we used to see deer walking down the street, which just cool, but not not much anymore, It mm. is a shame. Well, there's a, <clears throat> there's a lot of animals that we view as nuisances, and I agree. I mean,
0: I think all animals have a right to live except mosquitoes. I think and mosquitoes- pandas well pandas yeah because pandas are like the worst like we the only reason they're even so about is because we're forcing them to recreate they're
2: they're, they're lazy in that as well like they I love them they're great animals like they look awesome but at the end of the day they're they're carnivores so they should be eating meat they don't Yeah, they just have, have to spend eighty percent of their day eating because there's the such rest, a lack of nutritional value. There's in nothing in bamboo, and the rest of the time they're sleeping. And then these fuckers won't even reproduce. Like we, we, we. There's all these programs, loads and loads of programs to get these, them breeding, and they'll put them like these these pairs together. And they're so fucking lazy; they won't even have sex. <laughs> like, these guys. And and that's why the numbers were so low for a while. was because they just weren't breeding. Like, it's not like we weren't given an opportunity. They're in the right places. The habitats are being saved. These fuckers just won't breed. And it's just like, we're doing everything we fucking can to help you guys. Like, seriously. Just do something. Like, give us a 100,000 or something. And then we'll say, look, you don't have to have sex again. And then that'll be great. Carry on eating your bamboo and sleep. <laughs> But they won't. It's just like, come on. Like, what else do you need us to do? Because basically, if we left you now, then there wouldn't be any more of you guys. And obviously, it's a real shame to lose animals. But it's happened. It's like the dodo and the other animal. can't think of the name of it. But the funniest story is, I can't think of their names. They're basically like dodos. They're, they're flightless birds. They live on this island. They're like three times the size of a chicken. Loads of meat on them. And they lived on this island peacefully. And then we came along, because there's no predators on the island, they just allowed us to pick them up. Like, they had no they had no reason to fear us, and that's why the numbers went down, because they just, which, is, which just makes me laugh, because you could literally just walk up to it and pick it up, and they'd be like, hey, friend. <laughs> and then next, you're being eaten. <laughs> Obviously, they'll learn over time and stuff. And animals are really smart, like deer will only be nocturnal, with their being hunted in the day, because yeah. they will come out in the day if they know they're not going to be hunted so. yeah
0: there's certain places in the world where <clears> the deer just don't really it depends where it is because there's a it's mm-hmm. certain places where there's such a vast um space for them to graze and things like that that hunters don't really go near them because I, I can't remember where it is exactly i think there's mm-hmm. i think there's certain places in australia and there's a few places in america where the the amount of space is just so huge they basically, like, a lot of the deer would never come into contact with a human because yeah. they, they, there's just... And if there's, there's not a huge space. hunting community around there, they're still not. So they yeah. are a bit fearful in a, in a way because, obviously, wolves and of other predators. But mm. I can't remember where it is. I think there's some sort of island somewhere, but I may be fabricating this, so apologies. But where the, there's deer there and there's basically no hunters, but it's they've got so much food there, they're basically really big deer. And they just... Yeah. They, they don't really have any fear or anything, but you make a noise or anything. they Even though they don't have fear... They're so strong, they can just run and they're just gone. I mean, deer yeah. and elk and that sort of thing. Are... Well, that's
2: why hunting is a fantastic thing. Like in, when you look at how they do it and stuff like that. Uh, Joe Rogan with, um, what's his name? Uh, Adam Greentree. Adam Greentree. He's, a, I've got, i follow him on Instagram. We've got all, we've, Anna's got his, well, his wife now, Kim uh, Greentree. She's amazing as well. She's a bow hunter as well. And h- him going into talks about how and stuff he does his hunting. I think it's fantastic. Deer are shit on it for avoiding stuff and they're made for that well that's the thing people
0: I mean I've, I've spoken to um, have you met, met my friend Don I think you have haven't yeah, you yeah
2: yeah he's um
0: I think he's gone hunting a couple of times things like that and he's um he's more for hunting than I am. I'm for hunting in the in a lot of ways, but there's certain aspects I don't fully agree with him with. Mm. But hunting's come up a few times in this podcast, and it's, it's one of those things where what people think of when they think of hunting is a group of five or six, probably uh, four year old white dudes, probably Southern America, walking out with shotguns, mm. go into the woods and just slaughter thousands of animals mm. and leave them. When it's like, no, usually what happens is a group of like 10 will go out there. They'll use, they often use a bow, but often they do use rifles and things. Mm-hmm. Um, they will try and catch like... One or two animals in mm. like a two-week period. Often they'll fail anyway. Yeah. Um, but if they can get, they have to pay for the tags to be able to even try to hunt these things. That's All the it. tags go towards paying for people's jobs who cons- who uh, conserve the area and make sure there's no people going in. Also, because they to keep track of the animals and how many animals get killed, then they can keep a track on the population. That's and then it. it can, if things get diseased and stuff, they can cordon off areas. They can keep quarantine. They can control it because. A lot of people were like, we shouldn't be involved with these animals. And I'd agree with them if we hadn't fucked with them for the last hundreds and hundreds and it's hundreds of years. It's our fault the
2: state they're in now.
0: Yeah. We need to unfuck what we've done. We need to undo Basically. the damage and to do that we need control and yeah. to do that we need money and people are like yeah but you know hunting there's other ways to get money. It's like yeah but no one's donating. It's like 80% of in America I think it is 80% of money they get for conservation is from hunting. Only 20% is from donations and stuff because well, especially with the, with the recession that the Western world essentially is in especially in Britain as well it's like I don't, I would love to be able to donate a hundred pound a month to save animals. Cause mm-hmm. I love animals, but I don't have a hundred quid for no. me. And well, well, people, for them.
2: Yeah. Most people have it's the same thing. And like I said, people just don't understand. And it's good to educate yourself with these things. And I know lots of people who I've met and it hasn't taken them long for, to see the point of view of what they're actually doing. Cause yeah, like I said, it's like black and white for people outside. They'll see hunting as a bad thing. Um, and there's lots of bad hunting. Yeah, 100 like, Hunting for sport, I don't agree with. Like, yeah. if someone tried to um, hunt, what's it called, foxes and stuff, and the badger culling, that absolutely infuriates me. Like, mm. I'm, I'm be effing and jeffing all fucking day if I just spoke about that now. But I won't. But <laughs> I'm cr- I haven't heard much about the badger. I know oh, there is a badger cull. Yeah, you, something bring it up. You don't? <laughs> yeah, if you fucking want to be pissed off. Look at look at kind of ruin your day
0: because I don't like I don't <clears throat> like dogs
2: or I think it should be humane a humane death
0: which should be a gun or an mm-hmm. arrow and then if the animal goes down and isn't dead mm-hmm. two shot gone you know yeah. the second shot in the head and then it's like because what people as well what people don't realise is they go how dare you go out there and kill these animals? It's like, you do realise if we don't shoot them, they're going to die of disease. Uh, if we don't keep the control population, they're going to die of starvation. Or they get literally ripped to shreds by wolves and things like that. Like, not as much as we see in England. But mm. with animals, wolves will start eating their prey anus first.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, love it.
0: what, you want to let... So it's like, okay, we can either let a deer live a nice, happy, normal life for... Like probably 60% of its life you know it gets to a certain point It either it gets too old or whatever it's too dumb to be able to escape that of a hunter because they can smell our scent in the air they can hear movement all these Mm -hmm. sorts of other things it's a very difficult thing to track and kill an animal and so it's like do all these things and then you know You can either let them die of all these horrible ways, or a quick instant kill, which then the money from that helps save the rest of their population, and hunting, the meat either will get left there and all the other animals will eat it, which Mm -hmm. it gets stripped to the bone within a day, Mm -hmm. or the humans take it, and then we have the meat which isn't factory farmed. So it's like a win-win. But yep. when you have dogs and stuff, like when, you know, when, with a lot of the fox hunting that happens in England and stuff, or w- was happening in England, I don't know how much does happen. I'm not as well adverse to that subject. But it's like, they would go out there on horses and have dogs ripping foxes to shreds. And yeah, that is not cr- cool. horrendous. Hunting bad. Yeah. I don't agree with it. Mm-hmm, like I said. Well, what's your opinion on, um, like, I, I'm, I don't know how to feel about this with, like, mm. trophy hunting, for example. Now, um, like, with lions and things, you know, I don't want to kill a lion. But... In places like Africa, where a lot of the trophy hunting happens, there's a lot of the um, uh, a lot of poaching. Um, if you have a big area of a certain population of lions and you're keeping them alive and cordon off from poachers, but x amount of them gets killed for trophy hunting, but the money for that helps conservation in a similar way, is that? I, I don't. This isn't like some sort of rhetorical question. I'm trying to have a moral standing. Yeah. I'm really unsure how I feel about trophy hunting.
2: It's like it's two ways to look at it. Like you said. The massive massive amounts of money go back into conservation from trophy hunting, mm. and a lot of it is exactly the same as the tag system in america and the uk like they'll get to a point when the population is reaching a level where it's going to become unmanageable it's going to affect the w- local wildlife and then everything will kind of fall out of shape but then obviously then you can say well nature will take its cause and then things will happen and some load of them might get diseased and obviously nature does find its own way of shaking stuff off doesn't it it happens mm. quite a lot um but then you do have yeah trophy hunting, where people just go out and obviously we're told to kill the biggest thing they find which i don't believe in mm. like but i think if it's a tag system if what i see if so, obviously, in a conservation point of view, if they're looking at like a, a herd of a, an animal, elephants or something, and then there's one one that's too large for the group, uh, he's endangering what what's happening, especially lots of elephants. elephants. The new male elephant doesn't like the young. Normally, the elephant will take over from a brood of females that have had the baby of another elephant, if they've won, and that's taken control. Hmm. then that elephant most times will then kill the new baby elephants yeah bears do the same yeah because obviously so if they think that's at risk of happening then obviously tag system will be put in place and then i don't see a problem with that tag being put up on an auction and then the highest bidder taking that auction, say a couple million pounds, because people will pay, at least fucking billionaires will pay that amount of money. Mm. But then that money all strictly go back into the conservation of the rest of those animals. So if you're thinking about a, a brood of a hundred animals and then one needs to be killed, which then is going to help the conservation for those animals for a year or two years, you can kind of work out the it's going to actually benefit them in the long run. Like, and I understand that. And I, I agree with that fully. If that's going to, if that's the case, if it's going to help and the animal does need to be naturally or, or be taken out by someone, mm. then that's the way that it should be. And obviously, whatever that person does is trophy hunter or uses it. And most of the time, obviously. These people come from America or Saudi Arabia, they they come from all over the world, so they can't physically take the meat and the stuff home. They'll normally have a donation system where that will go to a local tribe. They'll I've take heard about infant. that. A lot of tribes really, really <coughs> like that sort of thing because the
0: elephant, like if you kill an elephant, that can that can feed a tribe for weeks. Yeah. That's or a it. huge tribe for a period of time. That is a lot of that's meat. It. And so, elephant meats may be me quite good as well.
2: Yeah, so that's the that's the basis of it really. Like, um my friend Jamie, who lives up in of north wales who moved relocated a few years ago he does of course in the uk called stalk to fork which is the whole process from learning to shoot a gun learning to clean a gun learning about the animal then also going out hunting learning how to hunt kill the animal but then you take the animal back and use every single part of that deer in the next day hmm. from eating it from using the levers um from just using the horns or the bones for medicine uh, the cartilage and all of that stuff and that's the process but he also does one in Africa which is exactly the same um, same process and again he works with the local authorities over there um, he's allowed to shoot this amount of animals with the group in the tag system way and then that benefits them he makes obviously a living from doing this and then also is helping the conservation so yeah but trophy hunting in general like poachers are fucking assholes like, yeah 100% like, especially because like
0: rhino's basically being extinct a lot of the species yeah. of rhino because people are greedy and there's times where they've gone over there and they've literally killed a rhino and then taken off like not even I'm not saying this is valid if you took all of it but like not even taking all the ivory so if you kill a rhino take like a certain amount of ivory and then leave this carcass there of endangered species so sad and, and it's just like you can't People, the problem is with a lot of people who are very anti-hunting is they want to live in a nice world where no one dies, nothing dies, nothing mm-hmm. is killed, and everything lives in harmony. And it's like, unfortunately, there are a lot of assholes in the world, humans and animals alike, that are going to ruin everything. And even though we have messed up a lot of things, we want to try and, a lot of us want to try and, you know, sort these things out. And
2: there are the minority that ruins it for everyone else. And, yeah. and that is very upsetting. And the, the main thing is... I would say, ridiculous high numbers here, but I'd say 90% of the people who are want to make a difference, want a change, are everyday people, yeah. us, uh, from all different walks of life, are the people that, in an ideal world, would have this option, but they don't have the money, they don't have the support to make a difference, Like I would say a really high number for that, but then that 10% that are dickheads or arseholes you don't give a fuck, those guys are the ones that have money. And this is the problem like and, and mm. power. So even though you've got 90% of people wanting change, they can't do that change because a, obviously as a collective, they can only, you can sign petitions, they can raise money. But at the end of the day, you have these billionaires at the end of the line and they're the ones that have the money to, to just do stuff. And then that's, I think that's a lot comes down to it. Like the people that are making these rules and things coming into play are just people with power and money. And no matter what 90% of people say, that's it really, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I want to get your uh, thoughts on this. Um, What was your idea on sort of... Because I don't think I've ever spoken to you about this, about... Mm. um, Oh, excuse me. About our consciousness or spirituality or anything like that. Like, if you don't want to talk about it in the podcast, you don't have to. Mm. But I'm just because obviously I'm I'm an atheist, but I feel like I'm becoming more agnostic because my kind of view is becoming now. Uh, I don't believe there is a god or a deity. Well, I'm basically believing is uh, universal consciousness mm. so I believe that everything is on a level playing field so I don't believe there is a God that's better than everyone or more powerful than everyone mm. or anything like that I think that every there's only two things that matter in the universe and that's if it's that's being alive and not being alive, essentially. Yeah. I know it's a really oversimplistic way of looking at it, but, like, the Earth, as a being, is alive. It's a, It's mm-hmm. almost like a human is made of billions of uh, bacteria and stuff, and we're just, some of the other animals and stuff, are just the bacteria on this planet, this big, you know, superorganism, essentially. Mm-hmm. But obviously, a rock isn't alive. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, that that yeah. isn't something that's physically alive. <laughs> Trees are alive. Fungi are alive. Uh, insects, animals, creatures mm-hmm. are alive. And I just believe that, like, even though we're arguably more self-aware than a lot of other... Well, pretty much every other animal, but arguably certain ones like dolphins and orcas that are very Mm. complicated creatures. We are all just alive and we should all have a right amount of respect for each other of being alive. I'm not saying an ant has the same value of life as a human, but it's, it's something to kind of consider of consciousness. And that's why I feel with like, when you go into like a, a forest, you can feel the life, not only oh, with massively. the trees and the plants, but also the animals and the insects. And you, it feels different. And obviously the air tastes cleaner because of the mm-hmm. uh, the trees and stuff. So I'm kind of curious of like, um, I don't, from what I know of you, I don't believe that you're religious. But are you religious? Are you spiritual? I'm atheist.
2: I'm very yeah. spiritual, I've, I've, especially in the last, I'd say, year, year and a half. I've, same, same. I've really, like, I, I read a book called The Tree Ocum, which which kind of changed my view and then i read i can't think of her name who read the, read the books but she read, read one about uh seasons and stuff um about the spring equinox summer equinox autumn mm-hmm. equinox and the solstices and yeah. these events which celebrate the spiritual and the, the enlightenment we get from the earth and stuff and i really believe in that um and yeah especially the last couple of years especially with going out so much and how it's changed my life more, especially when I've been in Wales, where I have all, I always, always have trees and green and woodland around me at all times where I live. If you've been to where I live, it's yeah, yeah. just
0: it's beautiful. Absolutely. Stellar. Waterfalls
2: like, and mountains and just a everywhere.
0: Within what? It was like, we drove what 10 minutes up the road and walked for 10 minutes. That's mountains. it. Yeah. It like
2: probably about a 40 minute walk. It was like beautiful. Waterfalls everywhere. And it makes you feel just amazing. It makes you feel small mm. because you're just small part of this system. It's amazing. And, um, I just, you've seen my page. I just started an a organization called Feel the Wild. You've seen this, haven't you? So, yeah, I'll put a link to it. Um. Yeah, and I, I believe, um, especially in my line of work, um, the, the humongous benefits of just to walk outside whenever you're feeling low or you're feeling down. And just green is a mutual, uh, a mutual color on your brain. So it's like the most, your brain just feels comfortable with it. So when you see that, you posit, you always feel positive towards green. So being out there in the smells and that, I think it's one of the most powerful drugs, non physical drug you could ever take. So I started up Feel the Wild, which is to bring people with a, a whole range of mental health issues, um, to, to come out with me um for a walk we went for one down on oxwich coast um it was an hour and a half it was only meant to be and then we got to the point where it's turning back around it's like a, like a u-shape and then everyone was so happy positive really getting on all these people didn't know each other that we just went well we've not got anywhere else to be we'll just carry on and we went for another hour and a half and we did a three-hour walk and it's only been an hour and a half and this just the vibes that everyone's giving off everyone's so positive so happy just for being outdoors. So yeah, feel the wild. We do a one organized walk once a month. So I'm going to be doing and switching it up. So one, one month we'll be walking the coast. So so many beaches around where I live, Oxwich, Moose Lade, Free Cliffs, all that, Rosilli. R- R- and then the next month we'll do like a waterfall walk. So we're doing one to Lady, the Lady, the Lady Falls Um, up in, Aberde- Aber- not Abidawi, Aberde- 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 Swift, whatever, how you say it. Mm. And then that's just gonna be a lovely walk, and it's full of stuff, and it's so positive, and it's just engaging with people who don't have the clearest of minds at the moment, or are suffering from a, a, a silent disease like uh, mental health issues and stuff. And I think it's so powerful. That's mm. why I started it, just so even I don't want we don't disclose with anybody like people comfortable talking about what they've got like if they're anxious or if they've got depression then they're more happy to kind of talk to us about it I'm not a counsellor myself I've done a lot of counselling within my role at school but I can obviously suggest where to go but when we're out on a walk it's just being there experience it talking to each other like humans and just just being there for each other there isn't there's no there's no trying to give someone a reason for how they're feeling or trying to cure what they're feeling just then they're there now and where they are is what they're experiencing and for that moment they can just feel at ease and just feel like they're supported and especially the the nature going through them the smells the sounds the the trickling water the feel of it just at that moment they can just feel at peace really it's
0: beautiful yeah i mean there's like my um my sister-in-law, Catherine, she's been doing um some rewilding. I think I've mentioned that uh, to you before. And I've seen there's quite a few other people who are starting to kind of come around to this because where mm-hmm. we're delving deeper into the technological age, which obviously, you know, you and I are, you especially... uh are, basically I'm half saying loads of sentences basically like you and I really are into gadgets and technology and that sort of thing you know mm-hmm. you and I are both massive movie buffs especially And you know mm-hmm. we, we you play a lot of video games and I, I used to do a lot of the time and you know there is a place for technology in mm-hmm. this world and obviously it's inescapable but what we need to be able to do is not have technology running the whole world we need to have the balance between nature and tech have tech to for medical science mm-hmm. and for you know houses and living and comfort and things but then you have to have the nature mix because there is a lot of a homeopathy or um sort of alternative medicine i'm not saying you know go somewhere if you have cancer smell some lavender incense and you'll be fine it's there are lots of mild alternatives that you can try alongside western mm-hmm. medicine a lot of side and i'm not saying they all necessarily work a lot of it can be the placebo effect but there's a lot of things to look into there's a lot of we were talking i think before the podcast about some of the uh some of the plants it's like saint john's Wort. Mm-hmm. that's a natural antidepressant and there's actually yeah. that obviously it's slightly different but like you can go to a pharmacy I believe and get St. John's wort derivative prescribed to you for antidepressants and yes, it's like they've always been used for that exactly yeah. and nature's got a lot of great uses for a lot of different things and I feel that we need to be more balanced with everything and a lot of people are experiencing this thing of where we're in this world where everyone's working more hours for less <clears throat> money there's more political stress there's social stress there's all these sorts of big things social media I mean I am on social media a lot of things and obviously you are as well but it can cause a lot of people a lot of stress and anxiety having to worry about your social stature a lot more of the time yeah. and with going out to nature one of the things i love especially seeing you is we can hang out you know i come over to yours for a weekend you know have a couple of drinks watch a movie or whatever and then in the day you go let's just go for a hike let's go for a walk and mm-hmm. like when we went to um the brecon beacons and um megan she actually she showed the pictures of them and she saw she's been to the brecon beacons hiking as well mm-hmm. and um it was just beautiful I mean, we were out there for quite a few hours weren't we um, yeah we um, things and so we went Went there and we just walked for just hours and it was just chatting. anyway Wife
2: and of fun fact, I think so is how you say it, but I'm not uh, too good Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm, cause I'm, I'm fan terrible fans. with the Welsh pronunciation.
0: <laughs> yeah. But, and it was beautiful and it was even when, because you're talking most of the time, but a lot of the time you're just not. And you just, you don't even necessarily, you don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. You're just walking quietly, you hear the wind, you see the the beauty yeah, that's of nature. It. And I think what you're doing is fantastic and a lot more people are delving into that world and I, can, I can't I can recommend it enough uh, to do those things. And when you... Um, i have to figure out when you're next doing those walks and stuff like that. Um, yeah, Because when I come up uh, to Wales to see you after trying to try and come on one of those, it would be... And you meet some amazing
2: people. Oh, I can imagine. All walks of life. But yeah, like you said, like... I think some people panic when, like, they all, most people want to be going out and they want to be doing those adventurous stuff, but obviously they don't know how to or stuff. There's a great, there's always amazing communities, which is, you can find on Facebook. There's ones for the New Forest, just walking groups or stuff like that. But some people panic because they think, oh, no, I need to change my life. I want to drastically do this really fast. But it's just small changes, like maybe once a month, just schedule a walk mm. for a day out in the woods so you don't have to do it all the time but you you have something to look forward to and then if you really enjoy it you can put it in more into your life and like you said finally have that balance but people shouldn't rush out and try and do as much as they can to wear themselves out but people should maybe just make one choice one walk a week or one walk a month and just just go out really um and just you go out by yourself one of the best things you can do if especially if you're feeling really low and down is walk barefooted through a woods um mm. like the feeling of the ground, like you, it really centers you, um, and just I ninety percent of my time I'm wearing flip. <laughs> I was going to mention that <laughs> my feet are black all the time. My tan, look at these, ta- look at these tan lines. Look, <laughs>
0: oh, that's amazing. I am literally. I'm, have to take I'm a picture I'm, of that. I'm, I'm
2: a Moroccan. I'm a Moroccan sunset in color. <laughs> but my uh, my tan lines for my flip, my 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 flippy floppies, is uh, quite dramatic. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna have to take a picture of that in you your tattoos should. to put with this episode because that is hilarious. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I think like that. And like you said, just going out, not talking to anybody, experience it, because it's great to have a chat and stuff, but there's lots of times on the walks we go, there'll be silence for 10, 15 minutes where, like, there's no need to talk because everyone's just there. And the and nature getting makes off noise, vibes, doesn't it? And that's it. And I, I just came back from me and my one of my best mates, Sam, um, Sam Cummins, we just... Oh, I when, met Sam. Yeah, yeah, we, we met Sam. We, we 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 he kayaked, I canoed. We did fifty miles down the river, wine three days, and there was a lot. Of, like, we were doing eight hours a day of canoeing down these down down the river. Um, but there's lots of times when we might spend an hour where he was not even that far in front of me, maybe fifteen twenty feet down the river, and we wouldn't we weren't talking to each other, not because obviously we had enough of each other over three days, so that could could happen, but where we were just like this is perfect there's no need to have conversation like we're just literally listening we're picking up on things we're hearing the trickle from the paddles when the water's falling off there might be a bird flying over you might hear the distance uh, like a motorway in the distance which kind of makes you feel like you are close to the relation even though you, you look miles or feel miles away and just the small sounds and you can really hear it especially down the river y where most of the time you can't hear anything from modern day life like motorways and stuff that you all you hear is just stuff around you. or the birds chirping, the water, and a bit of rain, maybe. What's was swimming into that cottage. Beautiful. Um, we went to the cottage uh, when I came up and saw you a few months back, and yeah. I think that's
0: when I met Sam. And um, we had when everyone was in the cottage and stuff chilling out. You, me, and Sam went for a walk for mm-hmm. I don't know, about an hour or so. Oh, it was, that was awesome! And it was just beautiful. We, and it was like really steep hill, and we just went down and that stream. I've still got pictures of that and that log. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of, of, of trees that had fallen over the stream, so you can cross it and go to the other side. And we were just that's a bit where we got and it got to a point where we just stood there and looked around. And didn't really say anything for a couple of minutes. It was just I like need to. It's, oh, the, the sound like my brother Rob. He um, he absolutely loves streams. His, that's mm-hmm. like his, his big thing is he really, really likes streams. And um, what he likes to do is he's got a couple of spots uh, around here where he'll just go there like once a week by himself. And he's, there's this one stream he really likes. And he'll just sit by it and just listen. And you just hear the running water. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of the things that humans have is we seem to think, obviously, we, do, we have messed up a lot of the world and we should try and be uh, sorting that out. But if all the humans died tomorrow, nature will still live on. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the the beauty of it all. When you go out there, as you said earlier, it, it makes you feel so small, but not in a you're unimportant way. It's everything in like a forest; everything is kind of equally small that makes the big picture. There's mm-hmm. not like often, obviously, you need a stream and sort of other things for certain animals and whatnot. But like generally, you know, you don't. If one insect dies or one sparrow dies or something, it doesn't destroy the whole ecosystem, mm-hmm. but that's what nature's all about It's the little things aren't as they all contribute to the big picture and when you enter the forest you're not the most important thing you're probably because we all the foreign thing you're probably you're like a Catherine calls it you're like a you're a guest in the woods you're a visitor you need to treat it with respect you know, the trees are alive. You know, just because can't, just because plants, most of them can't move and none of them can talk in the way we can talk and communicate with each other, doesn't mean they don't communicate with each other. It doesn't mean they're not alive just because they don't have nervous systems, you know, and they probably can't feel or anything. doesn't mean that they're not alive and they don't deserve respect. That's trees it. outlive humans. Do you know what I mean? You have trees around Britain that are hundreds and hundreds of years old and a lot of the time
2: the reason they die is because we fuck them up.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, That's it,
2: it. And it's beautiful you're doing these things and these walks. Yeah, and like I said, it's just about having that balance of going out. And respect is one of the biggest things mm-hmm. and a lot of the problems we have. especially, But I think it's no fault of our own. Like We, especially in the last 10 years, I say our age, me and you, Mike, was on the, the, the clasp of... We still had a childhood which was filled of outside adventuring all the time, going out, exploring. We had mobile phones, but they were so basic that <laughs> the only thing you could do was play fucking Tetris or Snake and text. Yes, yeah, so they can text your parents that so you're safe. Which that part of the the, the technology was fantastic because it allowed parents to know that we were safe. But we were, we were out, where we weren't doing stuff on the phone because we were still making dens and playing out. But then, two years on from that, all kids have smartphones. And then they're not spending as much time out, or when they are out, they're just on their phone. And I feel that's the shame. Like we we've lost that. Like there's not enough. Like I said, that's why I started my forest school back in two thousand fifteen, was to allow children to be out and stuff. But we we getting we're we're not giving children enough time to understand the natural world. And then the issue is then when in thirty years, twenty years time, these kids are basically the the running this this planet they when they're given an opportunity to make a difference or reason to do something to help some uh, woodland or something they won't have a relationship with that woodland so they won't give the the chance to help it you mm. kind of get what I'm saying. Yes, because, so they'd rather like, if it's like, okay, we can save the woodland
0: and keep conservation going and wildlife, or we can wipe it down and get big, build a huge
2: yeah. shopping mall.
0: And people, if they haven't got that connection with nature, they'll go, why do we want trees? Let's have a shopping well, mall.
2: Well, that's it. If they've never had that positive reinforcement as a child of this is nature, this is why we should be respecting it, this is what it is, then when people have that experience in life, they'll make probably better choices. But if they've never had that, why would the fuck would they ever have a, a... Why would they want to save something that they've never had, they've never experienced, which is a real shame. And that scares me, that does. I want all kids to spend as much time, especially... I don't think children should. Ha- well, I don't know. It's, it's it's one of those things. I don't think children should have phones up to a certain age. Like I think
0: around ish around like secondary school,
2: I think is the time where. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean like they can't have phones. I could yeah. give them a basic phone, which is just for contact them in their eye. Right. Hmm. But before that, they don't need smartphones. Like hmm. you can do so much, and that's why there's like a, a, a imaginations are suffering, especially hmm. because everything is fed to us. Um, like you said, there's a positive net, uh, technology and there's negative, like. There's so much information we can get from it, but it's all fed to us. There's no going out and experiencing it, and then that's how you learn it. It comes back to when we were talking about languages earlier. Hmm. Like, you can go online, you could learn every language in the world. You could Google, and you could spend a year on Google and listening and watching YouTube videos. But then you could spend, I don't know, a month in that actual place, and you'll learn more from experience doing it. Hmm. then you can obviously it doesn't count for everybody because there's a lot of different learners but yeah there's like a general (laughs) idea of it yeah the general idea is you go somewhere experience it that's when you get your life experiences you get these memories and stuff and that goes in our long-term memories and then that's what happens and
0: And that's what life's all about i just say like humans a lot of people have that worry where they go Uh, a lot of people cling not everyone who like who is religious believes this i want to preface Hmm. that but a lot of people religious like religion because they feel like it gives them a sense of purpose which is one of the main one of the big reasons i disagree with religion because i find People are always trying to find a way to give their life purpose by finding other means. When it's Mm. like, all it is, is you've got about 80-ish years, probably about 60 good years, if you're lucky, on this planet. All it is when you're on your deathbed or before you die, all you have is your memories. Mm. You know, you have your memories and the memories you've instilled in other people. And all you've got to do is try and make everyone's experience as positive as possible and make yours as positive as possible. And when I have kids, and I know that you're going to be like this when you have kids, but like, when I have kids... I will have move show them movies. I'll let them play mm-hmm. video games and stuff like that. Yeah. But it will be, especially on the weekends, it will be a case of okay, you know, in the evening, if you want to chill out, you want to play video games with your friends, that's fine. But in the daytime, most of the time, we're going to be going out. You know, we'll, especially when the weather's nice, you've got to be, you know, go out, go to uh, the woods, have a walk, have a picnic, go, um, you know, experience mm-hmm. places. Come see you in Wales. Just walk up, like go to um, Snakeshead and Rossilly Beach and things like that. And it's just like. You can have all these conversations and when you have the mix of technology as well, you can even have it where if you're watching TV or video games, this sort of thing, you can be talking about movies you like while walking through a forest. It's not some weird, huge thing where you can't. It's just... You, you obviously are allowed to talk about whatever you want. So you can have the natural nature connection with another person in a forest and experiencing nature while talking about things which are maybe Western. But mm. it's important to have that time where occasionally, even if you go out for an hour and you just have one minute, you just go, you know what, let's just all be quiet just for one minute. And you just switch off everything else and you just let your senses absorb the life. And that's what you need. And that's, mm-hmm. as you say, what you were saying earlier as well with the whole in a month, you know, maybe just have one day where you do this or in a week, have like one little walk or something. And I found that people need a disconnect. You need to, you can't, we can't be fed the information. As you say, it's an overload in the wrong ways. It's not a good sensory
2: overload. We struggled to switch off, especially in this day and age. And especially when I, when I left college, um, and when I, when I, when I worked in America and I came back from America and I was working three jobs to afford me to run the forest school. Um, I found it really hard to have a balance of work and pleasure. Mm. And that's when things suffer. Like, obviously, I was working so much to afford things I wanted to do in the future. But at the same time, even just little times, I was abusing that. Like, I didn't have any time. Like, even if you want to work as much as you can to raise as much money as you can, you still just an hour a week, just have for yourself to just do something that you want to do. Like, and it's about that balance between pleasure and work. And obviously some people get a lot like I do now get a lot of pleasure from work but I had to do the shitty job to get hours. Right but some people hate their jobs so much and then they're stuck in their routines and they're miserable when they get home and stuff but it's just about making a small small little change and it'll make all the difference like I can promise that like I don't promise too much but I can promise tiny little changes like that will make a massive difference in your life
0: yeah I mean that's perfect man and um, you know we, we're coming nearest to the hour mark now so I think that's probably if you're mm-hmm. happy we can wrap this up and uh, that'll yeah. be a nice little way to end it because I know you've got mom. to shoot off. <laughs> I know you gotta, uh, shoot off in a bit and so um, yeah uh, if you just remind I'll put a link in the description and stuff mm-hmm. and I'll make sure you send the uh, information to us but just to say one more time um, obviously for people in Wales um, then, and obviously if you're in England you can always
2: travel to Wales if you're going to go to yeah. Wales for a
0: weekend just check out So what is it called sorry I'll include the link. Feel, but- feel
2: the Wild is what I run so it's once a month um we like I said we go back between coastal walks to in inland, uh waterfall walks, so back and forth between the two. They're roughly an hour and a half. Um they're for all walks of life, they're for everybody, I say for anybody and everybody, uh dogs included, everyone's invited, anybody you don't have to disclose what you, if you if you are suffering, but also there's a lot of time for you to talk to us and experience you might learn something from me waffling on i'm always talking about some shit so you're more than welcome to join in that waffle um, but also you're more than welcome to tell me to shut up as well but like i said lots of time to chill out do nothing talk you can lead forward you can go back there's loads of options it's, it's, it's what you make it and we're just kind of a guide a, a guide giving you the safe passage through to where we're going and back but between those two times it's all up to you Make your own journey with us and hopefully it'll make a little change. Even if it's a tiny little change, it'll make a smile, bring happiness to one of your days. That's all we want. Have no. one person and we're, we're happy.
0: That's absolutely beautiful. And do you have, uh, are you on social media and stuff?
2: Yeah, we're on Facebook. Uh, we've got a Facebook page. So there's some photos from my last walk. You've got um, my lodger sausage dog, Lola. She's like the icon of this place now. So <laughs> have a look at her. She she's adorable. gorgeous. So, can't wait yeah. to meet her. Yeah, She's amazing. So yeah. It's all on there. Link will in the description. Like I said, you can travel up. Uh, let me know if you want to travel up and, and experience it. But also, if you're just thinking about going to Wales, I can definitely recommend some walks, especially around uh, around the Gower, around Pembrokeshire, around the Bracken Beacons, um, even these They can probably Swansea. message the Facebook page then, can't yeah, they? Yeah, definitely. Like yeah, I'm awesome. also happy to. Well, that's
0: perfect. Well, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. It's been a great talk.
2: Thank you. Uh... <laughs>
0: And that's the end of the podcast thanks as always for tuning in guys uh, next week is either going to be another episode of science but simple because i haven't done one of them in a while um or it's going to be a two-parter with my friend sophie part one of course um i haven't really decided which one it's going to be yet so we'll see you next week i'm also going up to london to record one podcast with another podcaster uh, and one podcast with um someone who owns a clothing company so we'll see how that all goes down um for the next few weeks, I've got a few others sort of lined up with a few people over Skype, a couple of people in America, so we'll see how those goes as well. that's going to be very, very interesting as usual. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook Instagram generally being the best one. Twitter is more just random thoughts I occasionally have, and uh, some retweets of fellow podcasters. Instagram is a more in depth look into sort of what I kind of get up to places I go and some more photos and stuff. As I said at the start of this podcast, um, Alex and I during the podcast talk about his tattoos and his flip flopped hand lines and I actually got photos of them so they're quite funny to see if you haven't already seen them. I was also thinking about setting up a Patreon page. Um, I was thinking about maybe doing some bonus content on there for like movie reviews and stuff I've sort of been up to a little bit. I haven't fully worked out as of yet if I would really want to do that. Um, I think I do at some point, I just don't want it to be like a school one where there's like one or two people like a tiny amount of people sort of donating because i just think if i'm gonna release all that bonus content maybe i'd want to do it with more people but then again it's like you know would more people go onto it once there'd been bonus episodes i don't know i haven't really figured it out maybe i'll record a bonus episode release it on the main channel and be like this is a preview for patreon if anyone's interested i haven't really figured it out yet I imagine i'd launch it even if i did probably not till next year because i've just i'm quite busy at the moment and there's a lot to think about I don't know, we'll see where this all sort of goes. If any of you would be interested in me doing bonus episodes with movie reviews, additional information about myself and anything else that people would be intrigued by, I can always do Ask Me Anythings, so any of that sort of jazz. Um, you know, probably it all be solo podcasts, really. I wouldn't take any away from the main sort of uh, catalogue of any of the podcasts I've already got with people. And I wouldn't, you know, if I recorded a new podcast with any new guests, I wouldn't like cut it in half and just give half to Patreon users because that sort of stuff really annoys me um obviously everyone's free to do what they want with their own content and stuff but you know if I'm listening to a really good podcast I'm like this is getting really good and then it gets a bit through and then it stops and it's like and that's the end of the podcast if you want to listen to the rest of it you have to pay us it's like well, I get it considering you know people doing this it's all for free you know everything every hour I put into this I don't get any money back from it you know I don't make any money off this at all I mean it's costing me money just to have the pod bean you know sort of the Podbean site running, a cost amount of money for that with all the hosting and that sort of jazz. Not to mention the time, the equipment, the fuel of driving to and from places and stuff. So, you know, it's not free, so I can understand people doing that. But I'd rather give additional content rather than taking away from full content and making you then behind a paywall. But that's neither here nor there. I just thought I'd say it again. I've been saying it at the end of these podcasts, right at the end, just to see what people kind of think. Um, so if anyone is vaguely interested, maybe hit me up um or maybe there'll just be loads of you quietly saying yeah i'll do that but i don't want to tell him i will because i don't want to feel pressured obviously even if anyone messaged me and said they would and then i lost and no one did it wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of the world i wouldn't hold anyone to it but i don't know we'll see it's late on a sunday and i'm kind of rambling now at the end so i'm gonna switch this off thanks as always for tuning in guys and i'll talk to you next week